0: Hey guys, the show is about ready to start, but really quick, I wanted to grab your attention, tell you to have a pencil and paper ready. I have some very important information you're going to want to stick around for after the show regarding updated contact information, websites, and more. Everything's changed. Holy cow. What do I mean? Everything's ready to start. I gotta run. Stick around after the show, and I'll get you filled in. Welcome to this podcast. Get ready. Here we go. G.O.S.T. Radio proudly presents Random Illusions, the podcast where the occult community goes for its listening pleasure. I'm your host, Shasta Ray. Grab a cup of coffee, grab a cup of tea, or grab a glass of wine at the end of a long day if that's what you want to do. Kick back, settle in, and hang out with me for just a little bit while we chatted up about magic. Hey boys and girls, welcome to episode 14. As always, it's really good to be here. The regular studio is still out of commission. It's going to be repaired. The water's going to be back on tomorrow, so I'm in my temporary location. I am joined in my temporary location by the Mega Dog and Micro Dog. They are taking naps. I am also joined by a handful of crystals, which I will get to in just a minute as to why they joined me. And uh, let's just start out. I didn't mention Money Magic last Last week, I have run into a lot of crazy things. I'm still doing regular money magic for all regular listeners of this podcast. And since I'm one of those regular listeners, I know I'm benefiting from it. Y'all are still real quiet out there. I'm not hearing from very many of you, but I know that tends to happen with podcasts. Listeners listen. They don't really talk much. They don't write in. People are busy. I get it. But if you are seeing some interesting uh, little tidbits of money fly in your way, I'd sure love to recognize it and hear about it. So hit me up on Facebook or shoot me an email. All of that is in the show notes, all those forms of contact, but I have run into probably at least 20 cents in the past week alone, just walking the giant dog. I've had a few major discounts that saved me a, a bundle of money and it's still just rocking and rolling for me. So I'm, I'm enjoying it. So, uh, yeah, I'm still doing regular money magic for everyone out there. So if you're feeling any results of that, I'd love to hear about it. And if you would like to contribute to the money magic, you can put forth intention If you have spirit guides that help you with that sort of thing, you can make a request of them. If you're doing money magic, you can just put a clause in one of your workings that you want to donate 1% of your results to the listeners of the Random Illusion podcast, and that, that energy is going to come back around. It works. It really does. So why am I joined by a bunch of crystals? Well, In light of all the Moldavite magic we've been doing, or at least I've been doing, I hope some of you out there have been joining me the past month or so with this. As I mentioned last week... Moldavite's getting hard to find and it's very, very expensive. It's averaging $30 to $35 a gram and a gram is not much stone. It is tiny. It's an itty bitty little chip. It's still powerful. Don't get me wrong. You can have a tiny little minuscule piece and it's still going to do the same thing as a big piece. So my little chip of Moldavite's sitting here and a couple interesting things. I started sleeping... With it next to my pillow. And there is such a thing called the Moldavite Flush. You can look that up on the internet. It will make you feel overheated, it'll make you feel weird it'll make your skin crawl it might make make your skin itch and as i have said in the past moldavite is a type of tektite it's a piece of, it's a result of a meteor hitting the earth over in the area of the czech republic and it's a green glass looking substance it's very unique but there are other meteorites that have very similar properties and i'll talk about that in a minute but yeah i uh i've had this by my pillow for a few nights and I was just burning up all night. I felt like I was almost feverish, so I ended up moving it a little bit further away onto my nightstand, and I'm still feeling overheated throughout the night. I was also waking up so thirsty that I would just chug water. I was just parched. I felt dehydrated. I stayed pretty hydrated through the day, so that was very unusual. I'm still waking up feeling extraordinarily thirsty through the night, not quite as bad as when I had it right next to my pillow. Another thing I'm experiencing from the Moldavite is very, 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 very vivid dreams. I had an endocrine imbalance that affected me profoundly a few years ago, and my health was really affected by it. I'm a lot better now, but one thing that that did is it kind of made me stop being able to remember my dreams. I knew I would dream, but I couldn't remember them. And now my dreams are so vivid and so detailed and I can recall them like crazy. So that's been kind of a crazy side effect. So if you can't find it because of the expense and because of the demand and that viral TikTok video that happened, and everyone's going nuts on this stuff, you can go get some Tektite. And Tektite is, it's just black, lumpy, meteorite-type glass. It's more generalized. It's not as specific and sought after. So you can get it fairly inexpensive. I got a piece in yesterday that's about the size of the palm of my hand, and I paid... I don't remember, $16 or something for it, $19. I'm not sure. I'll give you that website. And I just thought, oh, cool. All right. So I threw it in my pocket and went back to work. And I started to itch. And then my face started to itch. And then my arms were itching. And my whole body started itching. It felt like chronically dry skin, but it progressed in a matter of an hour or so. And the way my face was itching was just off the charts unreal. So I took it out of my pocket. I finally realized it was doing the same thing that Moldavite does because it has pretty much the same properties as Moldavite. And I set it across the room and I felt almost immediate relief. But as long as I'm in the same room as that, I can still feel it, I still react to it, and I still itch. I have a a few other pieces that I got at a different place... This last weekend, I have not worked with them specifically, but I have no doubt they'll probably do the same thing to me. But it's been pretty unreal. I'm gonna start doing some of the mantra chanting using the tektites, and then I also obtained a piece. I didn't know what this was till recently. Libyan desert glass, and it's a real yellowish sand-colored glass that's like a sister stone to moldavite, and it's also very sought after and quite pricey. It's not quite as expensive as moldavite, but it's it's up there always. So I managed to get a nice little piece of that. I haven't started working with it yet, but it has some interesting properties that I might explore as this podcast develops. And so what happened? I took a field trip to Denver to a little crystal shop up there uh, named Desert Gems, You're not going to be able to buy anything online. Most of you people are in other cities and other states. I've been going to this shop since it was real tiny, probably about 25 or more years ago, and they've expanded and they just have the best staff. And I grabbed a bunch of different crystals and stuff while I was there and they had this Tektite. They were $4 a chunk, so I got five pieces of it. And then I bought another one off of, let's see, the name of it is crystalgemstoneshop.com. If you want some decent crystals and polish. Stones and stuff to play with. Check them out. They have wonderful customer service. I'm really happy with them. They have a points program so you can work towards other stuff. They do gifts, they throw some extras in. And here again, it's crystalgemstoneshop.com. I'll put it in the show notes. And they've got a very wide selection online and different size of the sizes of things and the prices are very fair I think so what else do I have here the tectites and the libyan desert glass can be substituted for moldavite so that's a very inexpensive way to substitute if you're on a budget that I am going to start exploring myself and it I here again I can't explain the reaction that I've had to this I am also Sitting here with a piece of called spirit crystal, and it's it looks like kind of the basic same shape as like a quartz crystal, but then it's covered with real tiny little crystals, and it's a little bit more expensive than a clear quartz, but it's supposed to be a fair substitute for moldavite. You can use it similarly, so I'm going to experiment with that. I have a couple pieces of selenite. It's good for charging your crystals, cleansing them. I just like it. I think it's a beautiful structure, so I've purchased some of that recently. And I also have some Celestite sitting here. The Selenite and the Celestite are in honor of starting to work with spirits here pretty soon. So we're going to step into that a little bit today. I don't know that they're a good substitute for Moldavite, but they are beautiful and the Celestite in particular is supposed to help you with your spirit communication and help tune into those energies so that you're heard better. So I'm going to experiment with some of these. I got some other crystals and stuff I'll mention as time goes. Also in the Moldavite news, I would like to mention Karen's Comfort Crystals that I have brought up in the past is supposed to be getting some moldavite in any day. She hasn't emailed me back yet, but she was going to let me know when it came in, send me a couple pictures and some prices. So you might want to hit her up on Facebook. I'll put her link in the show notes again. And again, that's Karen's Comfort Crystals. She's really awesome. While I was in Denver, I made a quick stop at Isis bookstore. I want to give them a real quick plug. Why? Because Not only have they expanded beyond the last time I was ever in there, which it's been a few years, but they've started carrying a lot more in the way of some crystals and stones and things, and you can buy from them online. They also have the biggest collection of tarot cards I have ever seen they have expended out to have herbs, oils, and incense. So I'll put the link to that. And they had the best staff ever. Oh my God, their staff was so amazing. And they took a little stack of the podcast cards to put out. So maybe we will gain some more listeners. So yay for Isis Bookstore. Thank you so much. Another thing I got while I was at Desert Gems was some beads And I got watermelon tourmaline beads. I'm going to make another strand of meditation beads for myself. Really gorgeous. And they have some deals on that. So if you are in the Denver area and you want to make some beads for yourself or you're into jewelry making or you just want to get some crystals or moldavite, they did have some moldavite in stock. It was real tiny little chips, but they did have some. Check out desert gems. So what's next here? You know, I mentioned this early on in the podcast This podcast is for me as much as it is for anyone else. I am still learning. I try to learn as I go. I'm still wanting to take in new things, try new things, expand my mind, that sort of thing. And so I dusted off a book recently and decided to jump in with this for kind of an ease into spirit work. It's going to make a few of you tense up. I know that. I'm going to explain how this is a good thing. So we're going to jump in with the 72 Names of God. Ooh, there you go. Some of you out there that have problems with the church, I heard you tense up. I just heard it. And I have an analogy for you. So this is, um, you know, you can't get away from it. Creation started somewhere. And you can call the creator, the creator. You can say the universe, the source of all creation. You can say God. You can say Allah. You can say Yahweh or a plethora of other names. The fact of the matter is, Nobody knows the true name of God. If we knew the true name of God, you could control the universe. It's that powerful. Nobody has ever known that. But we do have a plethora, tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of different names for God. Most of those can be considered very divine and holy and powerful within themselves. And there's 72 in particular that have been known to have magical properties to them. So we're going to focus on that. I was just going to focus on one book, but... Well, good old Bal he has a book on it too, and it has some fantastic stuff in there. So I'm going to do two books and I'm going to work with them for a while. So you'll hear me bring it up. And I've already started working with one. First one is called The 72 Sigils of Power. The author is Zanna Blaze. I think I'm saying her name right. Z-A-N-N-A, last name is B-L-A-I-S-E, Blaze. And um, the one thing that's kind of cool about this is there's two ways to work with each of the names. One. One is contemplation magic, which will kind of help with your thinking. It'll help change you from the inside. And then there's results magic, which helps change from the outside or your world around you. So there's a couple different ways to work with that. But the thing I don't like about this book is she doesn't really explain what these names are or how they came about. So I was like, hmm, I think Ball Kadmon has a book on this. Sure, this is anything. I was correct. He does have a book on this, and it's fascinating. It's really fascinating. I did not know this. The 72 names of God come from the Hebrew version of Exodus. Now, when it translates into another language, it doesn't work. Hebrew is a very spiritual, very magical, mystical language and letters, you know, alphabet in and of itself. Each of the letters is magical. It's magical on many levels. It's crazy. It's something I want to learn more about the more I dive into it. And I barely know the tip of the iceberg, so I'm not even going to pretend to be knowledgeable. I'm just fascinated. So there are three verses In the 14th chapter of Exodus, it's Exodus 14, verses 19 through 21. Each of those verses have the same number of letters with all the words. I'm not even going to bother to read it because translating to English, it doesn't work. So you can look it up. But basically, all three of these verses amount to one name of God, basically, which is 216 letters. And when you break it into three letters a piece, they call it a triad. You have 72 triads. And it's weird how they come up with it. The first letter of the first verse, the last letter of the second verse, the first letter of the first verse, those three letters make one name of God, and so on. The second name of God is the second letter of the first verse, the second to last letter of the second verse, the second letter of the third verse, and so on. Now, Bal Kadmon's book explains it really well, and it's all laid out so you can visualize it. So check that out. And his book is called The 72 Names of God. The difference between these two books and why I'm going to work with them together is because in the first one, The 72 Sigils of Power, the author gives pronunciations, two different pronunciations for each name of God. Now, Bal Kadmon gives incredible amounts of information. He doesn't give the pronunciations, and I'm sure he probably had a reason for that, Maybe everyone disagrees on the exact pronunciation. Maybe it comes out different sounds for different people and how they interpret. I don't know. But he does have meditations for each one and what each one will do for you. And just looking at Hebrew letters, 72 names of God, each one of them have divine properties. You don't need to know how to read Hebrew for it to have a magical effect on you. Most of these are going to, well, all of them are going to be for self-betterment, developing yourself self-transformation, helping you on your magical journey as a person. And of course, the first book, you can change your surroundings with it. You can change your world around you. And it's all incredibly, incredibly positive you can chant the names, you can just look at them, and they will cause change. So give it a look, give it a read, check it out. I'm going to keep working with it, and we'll get into it. And if I start getting some results that are really super noticeable, I will mention it. One thing I've noticed in just the couple of them that I've tried over the past week or so is that I do feel different afterwards. I feel more peaceful. I feel happier, I feel more content, and I feel good about life. So there is something going on there with the energies. I'm not going to deny that. It's really amazing. Now, for those of you who are still cringing and freaking out over the names of God, and you don't want anything to do with the name God because it reminds you of the church, my friend Monir gave me an analogy that he gave me permission to share with you and it's pretty cool. I don't know if I'm going to do him justice, but I'm going to try. So think of your bad experiences with the church as separate, okay? Just because you had a bad experience with the church doesn't mean that things that the church utilizes is unique to that church or to your life. So like maybe you had overbearing parents or overbearing people in the church, or you had bad experiences with the church or whatever. Think of the church as, as a McDonald's. Now, think of God as a hamburger. Maybe you go into a McDonald's one day and it's in the worst part of town and it's dirty and it's got horrible employees and they're rude to you and the bathrooms are a disaster and the person cooking on the grill can't do their job right and they serve you up this charbroiled thing that's burnt and it's old and they dropped it on the floor and you get mad and you stomp out of there. Now, are you going to say that you're never going to eat a hamburger again or are you just never going to go to that McDonald's again? Probably the latter, right? So really, you know, much like the hamburger is not exclusive to that one McDonald's or McDonald's in general. God is not exclusive to your bad experiences at the church. We all come from somewhere. We all come from creation. You can call it the source of creation. You can call it the universe if you want. You can say the word God. You can say Allah. You can say Adonai, Yahweh. Whatever your word for God is or what your thought is on the source of creation, if you embrace it and explore it, it's going to help you all that much more when you start getting into spirit work because they come from the source of creation too. We all have that in common and that is our connection. So if you do have some hang-ups going on there, start exploring those. Start asking yourself, where do those hang-ups come from and where do they really stem from? And is that something that maybe I need to just get past and, and figure out because there's value in that? There's nothing wrong with it. You don't have to go back to whatever it was that was giving you grief or what that experience was, but just realize that that's separate than this huge, vast concept of all of creation. And these 72 names that we're going to work with for a little bit, there's value in that too, because that is the source of divinity. And when you can tap into the ultimate source of divinity, good things happen. It's a positive thing. And you're going to find yourself changing if you want to. Okay. Find some areas of your life that you would like to improve upon and change up. Check out this book. Check out Bal Cadmon's book. Both of them are very inexpensive and it's a very good starting place. And it's non-scary. There's nothing scary about it. So give it a whirl. Give it a try. And we'll revisit that in the upcoming weeks. What's next? Now, just to touch on something I mentioned last week. I had encouraged everyone to go get yourself a notebook, go get yourself a spiral notebook or a composition notebook or a fancy journal or whatever it is that you want. And start logging, journaling your magical efforts, your magical experiences, whatever you want to do. But start logging your efforts and what you're trying and what your goals are and revisit that. There's a lot of value in that little story for you. Evelyn, who tunes into the podcast, her and I have gotten to be friends online. She's a really great gal, and we found out we had something in common. When we were younger, uh, we each had diaries of sorts. Now, I used little notebooks, and back in the day, the Hallmark card company used to have these little pocket calendars that they would give out on their cal- on their counters. They were free, and they were real small little square things. I would just jot things down in that, like hung out with my friend Amy, went to a movie, went on a date, went out to dinner, whatever. Just usually a couple of words. It didn't have much detail in it. I just kind of kept track of stuff with it. I also had some notebooks that I would journal in a little bit, and Early on I got married way too young. I got married at the age twenty, someone I shouldn't have got married to. And that how it always is. And he decided one day to read all my journals and he dug them up. I hadn't written in them in a long time. And even those little calendars that just had really mundane stuff in them. He decided he was going to read everything, and he was real happy and proud of himself for invading my privacy. And I can't even begin to tell you how much that traumatized me. It freaked me out, and I didn't have anything interesting in any of those. It was just really mundane stuff, but it invaded my privacy, and it really weirded me out. I ended up shredding all of them. I was livid. And it blew my trust in the guy. So I've had a major, major hang up with journaling ever since. And I live alone. I have my dogs. Why would I still? It's a past trauma. Okay, it may be kind of a silly trauma because I didn't have anything crazy in there. But at the same time, it's an invasion of privacy. And that does something to you. So I've wanted to kind of overcome that hang up, if you will. Turns out Evelyn had the same thing happen to her with her diary as a young girl. Her mom decided to read it and invaded her privacy and it traumatized her. So don't underestimate it. I think that's something many people can probably relate to. And it's probably a big reason that many people hesitate to keep any kind of journal, even a food journal or a workout journal. People just steer clear of it because if you had one bad experience, you'd shut off. So I'm trying to improve myself and overcome stuff and overcome past negative things that are holding me back today. I don't want to be held back. So I started my journal the past week or so, and I've been kind of having fun with it. And the things that I put in it, I put the date, which book I used, which ritual I focused on, and maybe the situation or the question or whatever it is, the reason I used that ritual. Sometimes I put other notes. I've mentioned when I do my mantra chanting, maybe an experience or a revelation or something I have. And anytime I've started messing with my crystals. I put stuff like that in it, just kind of mundane magic stuff. And I need to start logging my dreams because I had a really profound dream right after I chanted two nights ago to sleep. And oh my gosh, I had a vivid dream about a friend. And I'm going to follow up with that if that pans out to anything. So yeah, they, I can see the value in it thus far, and it's only been a week. But I have started my journal work, so I want to encourage everyone out there to start doing the same, even if you've had bad experiences. Keep everything in it very mundane. Keep it cryptic to the point you can understand what you're writing in it, but maybe nobody else can. Right? You can use abbreviations for your books. You can write a page number, whatever. So give it a whirl. And then uh, once you start going back, and reviewing stuff, you you might go, oh, wow, I did have a result for that. And then start jotting down the results you get if you get results and what day that that occurred on or approximate. And you'll start seeing patterns emerge and start knowing where to put your focus and everything with your magic. Lots of value in it. So on the horizon with the podcast, my friend Monir, I'm hoping I can talk to him this weekend. We're gonna try to catch up with each other online and have an online chat. Really great guy. I can't wait to have him on the podcast podcast. He is a wealth of information, and that's all I'm going to say for now. I'll let him introduce himself and some of his history. The guy is 4,000 years old. I will say that. Wait a minute. Excuse me. He's not 4,000 years old. His history on magic is 4,000 years old with his family. How interesting is this? His magical family history can be traced back 4,000 years, and the guy is phenomenal. That's all I'm going to say awesome, awesome guy. And then I did have a brief chat online with the author Tristan Whitespire. He wants to be on the podcast. He is currently working 38 hours a day, 12 days a week. I don't know how he does that. I really don't, but he does. It's phenomenal But he's tired because he's putting in 38 hour days right now. Um, So he's going to try to petition for a one hour vacation so he can call into the show and we'll have him on. Uh, whenever he can get that scheduled with his job. I guess his his uh, boss must be a, a bear to work for if he's got to work that many hours. Now for the podcast, also, I had mentioned I wanted to do an expansion on some social media, make it a little more accessible. I have had some setbacks with that. And that has to do with my job. I myself am not working 38 hours a day. I am working about 27 hours a day. So um, once that tones down a little bit, I might be able to get some of this caught up where I want it with the podcast. So I do apologize, but it is in the works. And uh, due to the temporary location this week, I'm not going to do the tea tags or the Chinese fortune cookie slips. I don't have them here. They're at the dysfunctional studio. So yeah, anyway. Oh, shout outs. Huh. I wonder how that happened because I'm not at the studio. That's weird. All right. I guess it still works. Okay. So let's do some shout outs. I'd like to do a shout out first and foremost to the entire staff at the Isis bookstore. Here again, I'm going to put their website down in the show notes. Check them out, especially if you're into tarot cards. They have not only every deck that they carry, but they have, you can preview and see what the artwork looks like. So it's pretty cool. And they have all different kinds of stuff and they ship stuff out. So check them out and a special. Shout out to the sales clerks that helped me. I just loved all of you. You guys are so much fun. Shout out to Monir once again. Shout out to Tristan Whitespire. And uh, I want to do a shout out to Evelyn. Thanks for all your support. And fellas... Monir, Tristan, thanks for all your support. You guys have been fabulous. Of course, it wouldn't be shout outs without giving a shout out to Balk Edmon, because he just has so many awesome books that just keep coming up with the content that I want to present. And he words stuff so well. He is just amazing. So I'm sure that we'll be hearing more from him in the future. I did have in the studio tonight a cup of decaf coffee in my new, I have another one, Eve Plum. Daisy mug. So shout out to Eve Plum. She played Jan Brady on the Brady Bunch and she's got some really cool stuff and she has some new Daisy journals. So I'm going to put her website down in the show notes. Support a Brady kid. You got to do that. Um, and then, last but not least, this is an obscure one. I mentioned this. Oh, I know when it was. It was my early pre-episode on how to listen to podcasts. I mentioned my favorite podcast is the Scary Stories Told in the Dark, narrated by Otis Gyre. I started following him on Twitter. He posted something, and I commented that he actually was one of the inspiring factors for me wanting my own podcast. And he wished me luck on this one. So, yay for Otis Jire! Thank you so much, Otis. If you have never heard um, his podcast, go check it out. Scary Stories Told in the Dark. I love it. He's got a real knack for narrating. He tells these wonderful stories and I listen to him several times a week. I just can't get enough of him. So check him out. All right, that's all I got for you this week. So as always, so as always, keep a smile on your face, keep a bounce in your step, keep some coffee in your coffee mug, go get yourself some crystals, Find yourself some Moldavite or a Tektite. Don't forget to journal, and we'll catch you next week. Have a great one, everyone. Bye! Hey, thanks for sticking around after the show. Oh my gosh, so many changes and so many things to tell all of you about. We are officially in rerun mode. What does that mean for you? Well, hey, if you listen on your favorite podcast app, nothing is going to change. You will always be able to go back and listen to your favorite episodes and guest spots anytime you want, just as you always have. Again, nothing will change for those of you that use your favorite podcast app. Next. The website will change a little bit. It will change to www.podpage.com slash random illusions or you can listen directly off the host site www.randomillusions.buzzsprout.com Links are now in every episode show notes. Check it out. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook facebook.com slash gostradio twitter.com slash gostradio. If you love YouTube, don't forget to subscribe to the Random Illusions Podcast YouTube channel, the G-O-S-T Radio YouTube channel, and TikTok. Don't forget to follow us there. Links are down in the show notes. Exclusively for the listener base of Random Illusions, Tim and I are going to continue our coffee.com divinations. Just let us know if you want a rune reading by Tim or a tarot reading by Shasta and what your question is. Give us about two business days and we will respond with a thorough answer to your question, giving you some insight and maybe a little inspiration as well. If you would like to follow Tim and I as we jump into our new leadership roles and all of the new projects we are presenting and working on, don't forget to hit us up, Facebook, Privately, Tim Cheesebrow, Shasta Michaels, Random Illusions, or just shoot us an email at magic, M-A-G-I-C-K, at randomillusions.com, and we will send you links as to where you can keep tabs on all of our future endeavors and adventures, and hey, you may want to get involved yourself, you never know. All right, keep your eyes and ears peeled, we will be announcing when we will be back.